Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin. If you haven't yet, please go check out the new website for Unchained and Unconfirmed. You can check it out at unchainedpodcast.com, as well as sign up for my newsletter, which drops every Friday. Are you ready for global cryptocurrency money laundering regulations? CypherTrace secures the crypto economy with powerful AML tools for exchanges, crypto businesses, and regulators. My guest today is Chandan Lodha, co-founder and CEO of Cointracker. Welcome, Chandan. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. It's late January now, going into February, so it's that time of year again, tax season. Last winter, I did a pretty comprehensive episode on crypto taxes on Unchained, but this year there are a few things still worth highlighting for listeners. The first one I want to discuss is how reliable are the reports that crypto exchanges give to their customers? Can they be used to calculate one's taxes? Uh, So it's a great question, and it totally varies from one exchange to the next. There's a huge amount of quality variance. um, But in general, the thing that's tricky about using any one particular exchange's reports is that if you have transactions anywhere outside the purview of that single exchange, then the tax report is not going to be complete because they're not going to know what you did with a coin, for example, that you withdrew from the exchange. From that exchange's perception, it will look like That could have been going to a third party, it could have been a sale, it could have been going to an ICO, or it could have been a transfer. And whether it's one or other of those will definitely impact the tax implications of that transaction. So the key thing to keep in mind is, if you are going to use any exchanges reports, you have to be sure that 100% of your transactions for cryptocurrency in that year happened only on that exchange and nowhere else. Um, but that's where Coin Tracker comes in. We help basically make that process much easier. So, why don't, I guess, why don't you describe how Coin Tracker does help people keep track of their transactions for tax purposes? For sure. So, what Coin Tracker does is it allows a user to automatically synchronize all of their transactions and balances into one unified interface. So, for example, let's say you have some coins on Exchange A, some coins on Exchange B maybe some coins in a local wallet or a hardware wallet, a MetaMask, a Ledger device, all of those can be synced so that you enter in only public keys or read access API keys, not private keys. And CoinTracker will automatically pull in your transaction history and reconcile any transfers between those different wallets to present you with one dashboard. And then using that dashboard, it can calculate what your capital gains events were, what the taxable events were in the past year, and output a single um, unified tax report for you. And so the the most important thing would be if you use this service that you really have to get all of your earnings in because otherwise, so let's say that I 
you know, bought some coins on exchange A and neglected to input those. And yet later I had moved them to exchange B, then there is a potential issue where even with coin tracker, you guys would have incomplete information. And so somebody's taxes could still not be correct. Is that right? That's true. That's true. Yeah. The information that comes out of coin tracker is only going to be as good as the information that comes in. So it is on the user to make sure that all of their transactions are incorporated. However, we do have some checks in place to help users along with that process because it can be confusing, especially if you have a lot of coins or a lot of wallets. So for example, if at any point coin tracker detects that your transaction history is showing a disposal or a sell or a trade of a coin that it doesn't have the history for how you acquired it in the first place, it will throw up a a warning that says, hey, we don't know where this transaction came from. You should review the history of this coin to make sure that all of the previous transactions have been added. Oh, I see. Okay, that makes sense. And if I... Actually, so just the way that it sounds is it's almost like a mint for all your crypto holdings. Is that a good way? I mean, if it's tracking all of your transactions, then it seems like it's a comprehensive look at your crypto finances. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's interesting. And if I'm not using Coin Tracker, what information do I need to to use or or, or keep a record of in order to um, calculate my taxes? You basically need a complete transaction history. So for every transaction you've ever made where you've touched crypto, whether that be a buy, a sell, a transfer, a trade, um, any interactions with smart contracts, you want to basically have the date and time of the the, the event of the transaction, what coin you received, what coin you sent, in what quantities, and if it was to a third party, you'd want to record whether it was you know, sent to someone else or, or sent to yourself as in transfer to another wallet. And then would you also record the exchange? Or no, I guess, so if you're recording the price, then is that kind of considered a good enough you know, verification of, of what the price actually was at that moment? Yeah. So then you'd want to make sure you have the basis, the cost basis of if, for example, a buy event occurred, how much you paid to acquire a given asset at that time, which will later be used in your capital gains calculation. Okay. And I'm assuming you should have kind of like a paper copy of of the transactions as well to back up the prices that you're using? Uh, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be a hard copy um, in terms of paper, but you definitely want to have at least a digital record listing. Hey, this is the price I paid, and here's the exchange I did it on. Or if it was off exchange, here's the transaction ID that someone could later look up to verify in case you ever need to publish a, a record of how did you actually derive these calculations. All right, and so I know that when calculating the capital gains, there's kind of different methods that you can use. One is called first in, first out. The other is called last in, first out. Can you describe the differences in those accounting methods and then also describe how Cointracker does it? Absolutely. So it varies a little bit from country to country. Um, so just for the scope of this answer, I'll focus on the United States. Um, what the U.S. tax code says is that for property, which is what cryptocurrency is classified by the IRS as, you can use either first-in, first-out, FIFO for short, or specific identification. First-in, first-out means the first of a coin that you acquire is the first of the coin 
that is disposed when you sell it or trade it or send it to a third party. So a concrete example would be, let's say you buy one Bitcoin for $10, and then a few days later, you buy another Bitcoin for $20. And then a year later, you sell one Bitcoin. The one that you're selling is the first one that you acquired. So they go out in the order that they came in. That is the simplest and most straightforward option. However, it might not always yield the uh, most advantaged tax situation for a user, especially in events where the price of a coin is increasing over time. So the other option would be specific identification. And that is where a user specifically identifies or chooses exactly which coin they're selling at the time of the sale. And in this case, what you can do is try to pick coins that had a higher cost basis, meaning you paid more to get them, so that you can reduce your capital gain and therefore reduce your tax bill. So uh, people have come up with other algorithms within the umbrella of specific identification. And some of those are examples like you mentioned, last in, first out, LIFO for short, would mean the exact opposite of FIFO, meaning the latest coin you acquired would be the first one disposed. And that might be advantageous in a situation where the prices are going up because you'd want to use the most expensive coin first and save the cheaper coins that you bought earlier on to dispose at a later time. There is, however, I should note, um, a bit of a risk with doing something like LIFO because um, technically in the, in the IRS tax code, it says that a specific identification can only be done if uh, a qualified intermediary is allowing you to specifically identify which coin you're selling. However, with most exchanges and many wallets, that isn't actually an option that many exchanges and wallets offer. So the safest option is to stick with FIFO. Um, however, folks who are speaking with their own crypto tax advisor and feel confident in using specific ID can venture to do so. That's interesting. Huh. And so then what does Cointracker do? So what Cointracker does is it uh, ingests all of these transactions and balances from all of your different wallets and exchanges automatically matches up with price feeds to detect what the cost basis was for various transactions. And that's all for free. It will tell you all your performance and ROI and charts. And then there's a paid service that will actually run these tax calculations for you based on the tax method that you choose. So for example, FIFO, LIFO, HIFO, there are other options as well for more advanced users or users in other countries. And then outputs a tax report that tells you for each taxable event that you had, when did it occur, what the capital gain was, and then a summary of the total capital gains broken down by short-term and long-term in the tax year. For U.S. users, we also produce an output IRS, 40, IRS form 8949, which is the capital gains form for, uh, for U.S. taxpayers. And as far as I understand, I think you also now have a new integration with TurboTax so people can bring their data from Cointracker easily over into, over into TurboTax. Yeah, that's right. That's a brand new thing. Um, as of this year, TurboTax Online now has, a, we've basically partnered with TurboTax Online so you can export a specific TurboTax CSV file that goes directly into the TurboTax Online flow. You can find the instructions on how to do this on our help center and you'll see our logo in the TurboTax Online product upload the CSV directly there. It'll automatically parse it and get calculated right into your TurboTax filing. So you don't actually have to deal with any paper forms 
In a moment, we'll discuss airdrops and more about these crypto exchange reports. But first, a quick word from our fabulous sponsors. Ready or not, the Financial Action Task Force anti-money laundering recommendations soon go into effect globally. If you handle cryptocurrencies, no matter where you do business, these new AML laws will apply to you. CypherTrace helps exchanges, ICOs, funds, brokerages, and regulators understand and manage crypto asset and compliance risks. Learn how to reduce your exposure and prepare now for tough new regulations. CypherTrace is securing the crypto economy. Learn more at cyphertrace.com slash unconfirmed. How many users do you have so far and what kinds of people are using Cointracker? So the numbers we've released so far is that we have 50,000 connected exchange accounts to the platform and 25,000 connected local wallets. So an exchange account would be like a Coinbase account or a Binance account that's synced. And a local wallet would be something like a Trezor wallet or an Exodus wallet that is synced to the platform. Um, and in terms of the types of users that we're using Cointracker, there's actually quite a large variation so on the, the more basic end, we have people who have a handful of transactions on one or two exchanges. And on the advanced end, there are some enterprises that have hundreds of thousands or millions of transactions or really advanced algorithmic traders that are trying to do things like arbitrage. Wow. I cannot imagine the headache for millions of crypto transactions uh, when it comes to doing your taxes. Uh, but out of curiosity, why do you think the crypto exchanges aren't doing a better job with their reports? Because and do and also, I was wondering, do they at least let their customers know that the reports may be incomplete and 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 may not be suitable for uh, you know doing their taxes? Yeah, so I think it varies from exchange to exchange. Um, there's just a high level of quality variance from one to another, and also different goals for different exchanges. Um, this is sort of speculation on my part, but. Um, I think, for example, Coinbase has done a pretty good job at trying to do their best to provide these reports when possible. For example, they have a tax center on their website, um, and they do have a report that's available um, with a bunch of warnings and disclaimers that say when and when it, when it will apply and when the report won't be accurate. Um, but they themselves acknowledge that it's not going to be possible for them to provide a complete tax report if they don't have a full view into all your, all your transactions. It says that very clearly on their tax center, but they are putting a best effort in. Um, some other exchanges I feel like have put in very little effort or perhaps not at all. Um, and oftentimes it might be that it's just not the top priority for them in the sense that the top priority is to build out the brokerage functionality and do coin listings and have liquidity so that they can build a business out of it. Um, and taxes ends, ends up being a little bit more of an afterthought. Or in other cases, it might be the exchange is not actually interested in complying with, with regulations um, and just wants to grow as quickly as possible. Yes, I think I've interviewed some exchange uh, founders who probably fit in that category. <laughs> I won't name names, but I'm sure listeners will know who I'm talking about. Um, so I actually also want to ask about a trend that it wasn't huge in 2018, but it be kind of it kind of became a little bit more of a thing than it had been previously. How are airdropped coins treated, and how, how should you account for those on your taxes? Yeah, so this is a tricky area because the IRS in the United States hasn't given clear guidance on this. Um, they did release some guidance in 2014, 
but it didn't really talk about airdrops. And that has become a lot more common in more recent years. So uh, what we basically tell users is the most conservative thing to do is to treat an airdrop, meaning a free coin that comes into your wallet, as income. And then at the time you dispose the coin, meaning when you sell it or trade it, it will be a capital gains event. And so let's say, for example, a token X is airdropped into your wallet and the price or the fair market value of that token at the time that you receive it is $10. That would mean you would report $10 of income. And then at the time of the sale, you would look at the difference between the amount of proceeds you receive from the coin and the $10 as capital gain or loss. So let's say the coin loses $5 in value, you sell it for $5. So 10 minus five, you had a $5 loss and you can report a $5 capital loss. That's the conservative approach. A slightly more aggressive approach would be to say, hey, I didn't actually want this income. No one, I did, you know, I didn't choose to have this coin airdrop for me. I have no plan in ever using it. Um, so then you could say there's zero income. The fair market value at the time you received it is, is zero, and it's just a capital gains event at the time you dispose the coin. So it would just be zero to five, so a $5 capital gain, but it would be zero if you, there would be no capital gain if you just held onto the coin and never disposed it. Um, one, one last thing I'll mention about this is that in the United Kingdom, the HMRC, their tax body, just recently re- um, released some guidance in December that said you can actually different have different scenarios based on the type of airdrop. So in the UK, if the airdrop is something that you are expecting in exchange for a service or a good, then the income treatment would apply with the capital gains event when you dispose the coin. But if someone randomly airdrops a coin, you know, that you have no relationship with and have no expectation of service, um, it, then you would just have the capital gains event at the time of disposal. Uh, and th- there may be variances based on what your exact situation is, but that's the sort of the high level guidance they've released, which, which seems pretty sensible. And when you said that in the first case, you would be taxed at the time you receive the airdrop if you do it in exchange for a service or a good, is that something like you have to actively maybe like tweet about the coin or something in order to receive the airdrop? Or I I've, I've don't remember all the different things that people were doing, but I some of them I feel like were maybe more active, like you had to sign up for an email mailing list or something. Yeah. So this, I mean, it's definitely a gray area and there hasn't been, you know, many cases or case law about this, but yeah, that, I think that's sort of a reasonable approach to take, which is, did you proactively do something in order to get this airdrop or did it happen outside of your purview of knowledge? Okay. And one other thing I wanted to ask was in the UK report or this comprehensive tax guidance that they released, were, are there any other big takeaways that the UK listeners should be aware of? There are a, a huge number of takeaways. Um, it's a very comprehensive guidance, um, and I encourage folks to um, look at the page that they've released. If you just Google search crypto assets HMRC, you'll be able to find that page. Um, it would be hard for me to summarize all of them, but I would say the biggest takeaway is that the capital gains share matching rules apply in the UK, uh, which is an alternative to what is FIFO that we've discussed previously in the United States. And the share matching rules are fairly intricate. 
So I would just make sure that you familiarize yourself with those rules if you're in the UK and you had crypto gains in, in the last year, or even crypto losses, um, in which case you would still want to file a return and claim those losses. I saw you also released a Medium post on the trends that Cointracker is seeing in crypto based on the data that's available in the app from your 50,000 users. So what trends have you seen among crypto holders? Sure. So there are a number of interesting things that have happened over the years through various crypto winters and through various hype cycles. Um, But in that particular visualization, what we show is what is the probability that a particular user holds coin X if they are also holding coin Y. So it's a coin correlation chart. And one of the interesting things that we saw was the correlations for certain coins that were kind of trying to solve the same use case within the cryptocurrency space. So an example would be two privacy coins like Zcash and Monero or uh, two coins like uh, Ethereum and Ethereum Classic that are that are similar in, in trying to build a sort of smart contract platform in a decentralized way. Um, and what was interesting was to see how many people who hold one of those coins also holds a competing coin that's trying to solve the same problem. Um, and so that, that visualization is available on, on our website, um, and I would encourage people to play around with it. It's pretty dynamic and pretty interesting to see how that changes not only from one coin to the next, but also over time. For example, in 2014, when there's many fewer coins out there to the middle of the hype in 20s, 2018. Yeah, I really enjoyed that blog post, actually. So um, I will link to it in the show notes. All right. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for coming on Unconfirmed. Thank you so much. And one last thing, I forgot to mention this up front, but please don't take anything I said as official tax advice. Um, We do encourage you to consult your own tax advisor before making any tax decisions. Right, right. Actually, um, I also was thinking about that (laughs) earlier. So it's glad we fit that in. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Laura. To learn more about the topics we discuss, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast player. New episodes of Unconfirmed come out every Friday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you liked this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And don't forget, sign up for my newsletter on unchainedpodcast.com. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Raylene Gallipoli, Fractal Recording, Jenny Josephson, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening. 